You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Before we jump into today's show, we have some exciting news to share with you. Our brand new online community platform is now live. Get access to free on-demand, in-depth training courses on topics like infinite banking, cryptocurrency, real estate investing, and much more. Just go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com. Or check out the show notes of this episode to find the direct link to request to join the community. Now, on to the show. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver. And with me today is Matt DeRosa. Matt, welcome, buddy. It's also Matt Faircloth uh, from the DeRosa oh. Group. Uh, what's up, Jim? It's all good. DeRosa is actually my wife's mother's maiden name. We like to keep it in the family and do a little family shout outs and everything like that. And um, and you know, Jim, when I started the company, I didn't want it to be uh, so egotistical to like, you know, have my name on the side of a helicopter or whatever. So I decided to not call it the Faircloth Group or whatever. So we decided to go DeRosa, which was kind of like a good paisan you know, uh, construction, he kind of don't mess with us. We'll break your legs kind of name, you know, <laughs> I, I, Matt, I love that. I love, Thank I you. love the way you pivoted off of my mistake. It shows that you're a pro. Jim, that is you not the first time I've been called Matt DeRosa. It made it sound like that actually added to the introduction. So I really love that, man. Brother, I've been called Matt DeRosa more times than I care to remember. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I don't have any excuses, but people that have been listening have been following this, uh, this journey for seven months. I've moved seven times since Hurricane Ian. But behind me, I have the cleaning crew doing the final construction cleaning. And if I get electrical installed on Monday, my designer's coming next week. I'm going out of town. I'm going to come back. I don't watch HGTV, but I'm envisioning this HGTV moment when I come back. I dig the backdrop, man. I want to be hanging out on that porch with you, man. It looks looks pretty cool. If you you saw what's over this way, you'd say the same thing because I would (laughs) be hanging in the pool and the hot tub and the um, under the umbrella. But that's next show we're going to do that. Florida, you know. Yeah. Next show we're doing it in person. Absolutely, let's do it. (laughs) So, Matt, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, You know, the the show's Breakaway Wealth, and I, I read your background. And I think you have a cool story about kind of how you broke away and like, and and we'll talk some more about that, but just give everybody kind of a rundown of your background. Sure, man. No problem. And I'll focus it on the breakaway side of it. So uh, went to uh, college at Virginia Tech, go Hokies, uh, focusing on engineering because I was good at math and science growing up. And people said, hey, you're good at math and science. You should be an engineer. And so I did what every kid does. I listened to the grownups and said, sure, I'll go to college for engineering. Uh, by the time, Jim, I realized what an engineer did, I was like, oh man, I don't want to do that. That stinks. Yeah. You know, I don't want to sit at a desk all day long and crunch numbers and um, and that. So I took my engineering degree and I was lucky enough to find a job that needed an engineering degree, but did what I was good at, which was talking to people and selling and building relationships and you know, being out on the forefront of the business, right? And that company that I got hired by was Ingersoll Rand. Uh, And I worked for them for seven years, selling their industrial equipment all across the Southeast, and then eventually moved to Philadelphia uh, and sold it across South Jersey and Pennsylvania. 
And, uh, you know, met a lot of cool people, saw how a lot of interesting things are made, Jim, which is what was cool. Like I got, I was spent all my days in factories, you know, um, but I put 40,000 40, miles a year on my car, um, driving all around to factories all across the U.S., seeing really cool stuff, seeing the, you know, the, the, the manufacturing side of America, which was really cool, um, and selling these really, really loud, really, really heavy, really, really expensive machines to these factories to help them keep uh, making the stuff that they made that made compressed, like we, you know, the, the machines that I sold made compressed air, um, which is the fourth utility. Uh, factories use water, electricity, natural gas, and compressed air. It's made, it's used in every facility out there. It's a very, it's something you need to, to make stuff. Um, and so I enjoyed it, but I didn't realize, Jim, I was in the machine, you know, I was, I was, it was inside of a vehicle working, working for a fortune 100 company. Um, and I was climbing their ladder, which meant I was going to have to continue to drive all over the place, going to have to live all over the place. It was going to be hard to build a family and I was going to make the amount of money that they were okay with me making. And I saw sales rep, sales reps all around me, Jim, that would sell like millions of dollars of machines a year and they would get the reward of an increased goal the next year and a reduced territory to say, you know, Ingersoll Rand would say, and they're not a bad company, but it's just corporate, right? They would say, yeah. okay, do that again. Do it 10% more and do it with a smaller region because we, we figured out that we gave you too big of a territory because you sold too much in the territory you had. So we're going to drop in another rep uh, that's going to take part of your slice of pie. And we're going to, you're now responsible for drilling deeper into the pie, into the, into that region that we gave you. Right. So yeah. it seemed to be like, you know, like a, like boiler room, if you remember uh, that movie. Right. Yeah. Um, and I just saw the ceiling that it just there, there's there started to be a ceiling over my head. Fast forward to uh, living in Philadelphia, I started uh, you know dating this young, lovely young lady named Liz uh, Elizabeth Randazzi, you know uh, from uh, from from Brooklyn and <laughs> Brooklyn and North Jersey, right? Um, and Elizabeth Randazzi put in my put in my hand a little purple book called Rich Dad Poor Dad, um, and that opened up my possibilities on what was available for somebody who knew how to build networks, knew how to sell, knew how to convince people to do things that were the right thing for them to do. Um, and, you know, do operate in a silo where there was no ceiling, right? Build your business as big as you want, right? And build your investments as big as you want them to be. And that opened up my possibilities. And so I sold, at the time, selling for Ingersoll Rand, I had sold a half a million dollars worth of machinery, Jim, to Minute Maid Orange Juice, right? Um, enormous transaction for me. Uh, hustled like crazy. They were building a new factory, sold all the compressed air for that facility, right? That commission check to a 25-year-old sales, uh, 20 or 27-year-old sales rep, Right was astronomical. And I said, yeah, I don't know what to do with this. I just put it, I, I was smart enough, Jim, to not blow it. And I put it in my savings account. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to pretend that's not there. And then I read Richard Poor Dad uh, through this lovely girlfriend of mine. And it made me realize, oh my goodness, I'm missing out. And so this is, there's new possibilities here. So I bought a house that I lived in, lived in one bedroom, rented out two bedrooms to two buddies of mine. And these two drinking buddies of mine uh, paid me $500 a month, which is what we were paying our landlord from before. So the three of us moved into this house that I bought, right? The, the trick is, Jim, each of those two dudes, my drinking buddies were paying me 500 a month and my mortgage, Jim, was 940 a month, Perfect. right? 
So I was making 60 bucks a month and living there for free and still making, you know, around six figures working for Ingersoll Rand. Yeah. And that, uh, that moment tied in with Rich Dad Poor Dad was where my real real estate light bulb went off. And I said, this is it. I got this. I can, I can a thousand X this if I want. Right. And yep. so in two years, I paid off all my student loans, paid off all my bad debt, paid off my credit cards, got myself bad debt free. And, you know, was smart enough to propose to uh, propose, <laughs> ask for the hand in marriage of uh, of uh, of Liz Randazzi and made her Liz Faircloth. And we've been married for 18 years now. Uh, and right when we got married, I quit my job at Ingersoll Rand and started the DeRosa Group and was smart enough to name it after her Italian family, DeRosa. Uh, you know, it's her, her mother's maiden name, father's, uh, you know, grew up with the name Randazzi. I made her Liz Faircloth and, um, and off we go. And that's, that is a very long version of my origin story, but I don't get a chance to tell it very often. So there it is. No, I love it. And I love the detail, Matt, because, you know, it helps, um, it helps the audience helps me kind of understand the process that you went through, but I love that she recommended, how did she know about rich dad, poor dad that she just so, read it or. Yeah, no, her brother-in-law, uh, who married her sister, Tony, put it in her in her hand because he uh had done a lot of a lot of just personal development work and everything like that he put it in her hand and he actually elevated himself that he was one of rich dad's rich dad's advisors for a while oh, wow. um yeah. he actually helped robert take the the rich dad poor dad message and cash flow game the board game yeah. into co the collegiate market and for a while tony was sitting down with college students playing cash flow and wow. selling copies of rich dad poor dad to college students right um so for a while there he was one of rich dad's advisors conveying that message pretty cool huh that is pretty cool you know yeah. what's funny is uh i always hate to burst people's bubble but you know everybody thinks that's a true story the rich dad poor dad but no way. Uh, and it but but it's Terrible. a great it's a great book and if mm -hmm. you had one book you know i'm going to get to that question here in a little while but but, you know, if you had one book and you wanted to understand the difference between having the mentality that you had when you were in the herd versus being out of the herd, that's the one book that can change your mindset. And, and um, I love that she gave you that book because yeah. that means she's on that page, you're on that page. Sometimes I get people that are trying to break out of the herd and either the wife is in and the husband's out or vice versa and it makes it hard but you know we're going to get to and i want you to touch on um work life equilibrium and working with your spouse but um and how to build and run a business with your spouse but before we get to that you you start to do this real estate stuff um i want you to talk about like just the mentality of taking action and getting started mm. Okay, because I think that there's so many people, this will tie into some of the stuff that you guys do in your in your firm. But I run into so many people every day that, you know, you can read every book that tells you how to start and, you know, how to do a lot of those. Right. <laughs> how, yeah, but actually starting and yeah. understanding what's happening. So I think that if 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 you didn't know anything, you could do what you did, which was smart, right? Buy something, buy a duplex, buy this, and rent the other part out, or right, rent the rest of the house out. But there's something that people can do right now today, mm -hmm. and they can do it in a passive way, even if they want to do it active down the road. 
in a passive way, or maybe you're doing it active and hey, you know what, you've hit your capacity or whatever. So like, talk about how you started to say, hey, I'm figuring the system out. Now I'm going to let other people give me money and do it for them. Yeah. Talk about that. Well, it was a, it was a bit of a, um, I would comment on a few things, right? So we didn't start raising money. Like I quit my job in 2005, right? So I didn't start raising money then. Um, what, uh, I, what we did was we just got moving and I've, I've met so many people over the years, Jim, I'd go to these real estate ma- meetups and stuff like that. And I'd see the same faces and they're like talking about books they're reading or like when they want to get started, or, I'm going to wait to get started until this. I'm going to wait for my wife to quit her job and wait for this, wait for that, wait for that. I re- I have two young kids and I used to read a, a book to my kids <laughs> until now they were getting old enough. They read to me. Um, but they, uh, they, I read them a book called, Oh, the places you'll go. Right. And in that book, they talk about a place called the waiting place. And it's like waiting on the phone to ring, waiting on a fish to bite, waiting on a train to come or whatever. And life will pass you by waiting in the waiting place. And I met many, many people, Jim, that were just sitting around waiting for something to happen before they get started. And now you hear people saying, I I hear people waiting for the interest rates to drop. I hear waiting for the market to crash. I hear waiting for to see if the Fed's going to raise rates again before I buy real estate. I find that the winds of momentum do not find the people that are waiting, right? Um, And if you just get going, you got to just have faith. You will figure it out. So uh, you can read all the books you want on getting started, or you can start taking action and action begets more action, right? Um, So uh, we got started and just started investing and we did... I uh, use a lot of our own capital, but we also used immediate family, like a la my mom and dad and her mom and dad, and not millions of dollars, like yeah. 30K her dad loaned us and he loaned it to me and give it to me, loaned it to me. And my parents put some money, like five figure money into our business as well. And that was enough to do a deal. And then we recycled the capital from that deal. Um, and, uh, and that, so we recycled the capital from that deal and, you know, moved and grew up and up and up and up from there. Right. Um, and so that what, what fast forward to Jim, when we had about 30 units, uh, under ownership owned, it had 1031 exchanged where we sell a property and roll the profits up on a few properties that we had and bootstrapped it. Right. But that took five years to build 30 units under ownership. Then my wife, and I'm proud to say, uh, Jim, that Elizabeth, that Liz Randazzi was a smart girl. I was smart enough to marry a smart, a girl that was smarter than me. And she went to Penn, to Wharton, right? Yeah. Um, because that's uh, all the kudos to, to marrying up, right? <laughs> on, on intellect. So one of her friends from Penn, she was reconnecting with that she'd uh, met him on, you know, reconnect with him on LinkedIn. And they were having a, a conference call to get reconnected. And, you know, what are you up to is what I'm up to. And she mentions, Hey, my husband's doing this real estate thing, you know, rental properties, whatever. And he says, man, real estate. I wish I could do that too. I just don't have the time, you know, magic words, Jim. Those are the magic words. And so I took the train up to meet this guy who I found out later is a financial planner in Manhattan. Okay. So I'm like, oh, okay, let's, let's go have lunch. So we go up and have lunch. I tell him what I'm doing and he just goes straight up. Well, what if I give you 50K? You know, can you put it to work in your business if, if I give you 50K? I've got 50K to, to put to work somewhere. And I don't know what to do with it. And I wanted to put it to work in real estate. Can you do it? And I said, yes, I'll do it. <laughs> so I went out and found a couple of properties and me and his 50K went to work. And before you know it, Jim, he's happy. And he starts telling his clients about me, right? right. Because as you and I talked about offline, 
you know, financial planners job is to put people's good financial planners to help people build their wealth. Financial planners that are Wall Street hooked um, help people put their money to work in Wall Street. And this guy's a good financial planner. So he was starting to say, hey, listen, you can do the Wall Street thing and here's what you can do, but you could also diversify and here's my buddy, Matt, right? And yep. so he forwarded a few of his clients that wanted something different to me and I started to build it. And then I started to pick up my cell phone and do YouTube videos. And before you knew it, in like 2012, 2013, I was starting to build a bit of a brand, right? And so that's how we did it. But we didn't, it's not like we woke up one day, Jim, and said, you know, I'm going to go raise millions through my own network. We just, as I said, we kind of just took, we did the next right thing and put one foot in front of the other. And before you knew it, we were buying larger and larger pieces of real estate with more and more investors. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. it's always cool when you grow something out of necessity, right? Or not yeah, yeah, yeah. organically, like when people come to you, kind of when, you know, you're the buyer, not the seller, like, you know, you're deciding whether I'm going to take this person's money and help them, or I'm not trying to convince them to give me their money. They're, they're wanting to give me their money. And then they're referring people that want to give me their money. And I'm deciding whether they work or don't work with me. Hmm. And, and yeah. you know, that's, that's always a better way than to try to convince somebody to, to do it uh, because, you know, like you're trying to sell them. I always say, you know, Dan Sullivan talks about be the buyer, not the seller. And I think that's perfect. You know, I love Dan Sullivan's products. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Dan Sullivan too. Yeah, I used, so, I, I've been doing strategic coach stuff since uh, 1992. Really? Yeah. I yeah. did. I was, I was in it. I was enrolled and I did it. And then COVID happened. Oh no. <laughs> you know? And I used to go out to Chicago all the time and everything like that for their events. Yeah. I'll probably get back in. Um, but COVID, they try to do it online. They put it on hold, whatever. Yeah. So I, uh, I'll, I'll likely get back in, but strategic coach, quick plug, fantastic for rising entrepreneurs or stabilized entrepreneurs that are looking to make more money, but, but if they want to work less and make more yeah. strategic coach is the way to go. I have a pad of strategy circles, like literally 10 feet behind me that I draw. I scribble on, I scribble those things out all the yeah. time. I have a big, just blank, like sketching pad that I, I do it like kind of freehand. So that mm -hmm. process in my office, I have his original kind of uh schematic of the strategy circle and how Babs came up with uh, that yeah. whole process. So I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Sullivan fan too, because one of the things in, and you talk about this a little bit is you know, entrepreneurs and real estate investors, you know, you, you, you need to have the right mindset. Right. But, but it's also, you talk about step by step, like what are the steps and we don't need to go into that, but it's how to have a process. Right. So Sullivan, it's a system. It's a, it's, mm -hmm. and, and you believe that it's, I'm a, I'm a visionary guy. I come up with a vision, right. I draw it out. And then I need other people to help me implement that, manage it, and and uh, and and adjust. I'm not mm -hmm. going to do that. If, if, if nope. nothing will happen, if if everybody relies on me to do that, right? Yeah. And and so I think understanding your unique ability, using his terminology, or your zone of of genius, using um, another terminology, whatever you want to call it, we're all we all have one, right? But yes. Um, you know, I like there's a lot of things that I like that you guys are doing. You're talking about teaching kids and and making and we try to do the same mm -hmm. thing with infinite banking. Is 
our goal is for your kids never ever to walk into a commercial bank and ask for a loan. And um, and 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 you're teaching kids this path. And I and you know, Matt, I don't know if you see this, but I see this every single day. Is guys in their 20s and 30s, when I say guys, I mean men and women, is um they're not trying to work for 40 years and like you were talking about build up that pension back in the day and do all this stuff. And then hope you don't run out of money while you're retired. Right. And I never want to retire from what I do. I'm 57 years old. My friends go, um, Oh, are you going to retire? Why would I retire? I'm going to play golf here in an hour. That'll be my third time this week playing. I mean, I played tennis twice a week. I mean, I, I do whatever I want to do now. Why would I ever yeah. want to retire? So uh, uh, what I, what talk about, well, let's go back. Cause I said, I wanted to go back and talk about that work life equilibrium and how to run mm-hmm. a multi-million dollar business with your spouse. Cause, cause you've obviously done that way better than, than my personal experience has been since I'm a single guy. So go yeah. ahead. Well, yeah, you, it, it goes back to the Dan Sullivan model about uh, acknowledging what folks unique abilities are, God given talents, whatever you want to call them, like what people's gifts are, right? Um, and acknowledging what your spouse's gifts are and what your gifts are and what level of control they want, what level of control you want. Um, I have a concept. I mean, I didn't invent this, but there's a concept like of if you think of like one of you two as a brick and one of you two as a balloon yeah. and you tie the two together, they're going to kind of balance out. Yeah. Uh, and it has to do with risk tolerance. If you acknowledge some of those concepts, there is a great way to work with your spouse. But I, uh, I, Liz and I have tried it and it failed. Uh, we damn near got divorced at one point. Um, but we're now, but you know, just like any other marriage, it has its ebbs and flows. Um, and we have figured out the equation. The business almost drove us apart, but we didn't let it. We tried again and we've made our marriage more important than the business. Um, and one thing I learned in that process is that neither of us is the boss of the other person. If you look at your spouse as your employee or that, that it's your job to tell them what to do, hold them accountable, you know, check in to make sure they did what they said they were going to do. That's a surefire way for that. That, that is a <laughs> that is a direct path, my friend, to a fight. OK, um, yeah. and but if you respect your spouse as a business partner and let them operate in their core genius, then there's a lot of growth that can happen. And if you, you know, just trust each other to own what's in your box and, you know, collaborate and, you know, and that kind of thing. And I think there's a lot of really cool stuff that can happen. That's where Liz and I are now. We weren't always there, but we're there now. She's got her ventures, her box of stuff that she owns. And I've got my box of stuff. And there's a lot of collaboration and a lot of, you know, cross-pollination. And like we view each other as, as each other's board members and each other's support systems. Um, but we're not like, you know, all on top of each other and everything. Uh, that's the equation that works for us. And so uh, I think it's an equation that works for every spouse. Um, but, and, those, and I've given a few parameters that we like. And so Liz and I are big fans of the concept of working with your spouse. And we are going to be doing more and more. We're going to be rolling out more and more on that. So for those that are listening that want to hear more from Liz and I about investing with your spouse and working with your spouse, stay tuned because we got a, a lot on the way on that. So let me ask you a question that, that, that I think that's really cool because, you know, obviously she gave you rich dad, poor dad way back in the day. Right. So that's what I, she's my muse, brother. She's my, 
She's my muse, man. Yeah. I mean, she's like, if you know that term, like yeah. she's my inspiration. Yeah. She's always there being like, hey, why don't you try it this way? Or yeah. is that to be straight? Is that business partner of yours really carrying their weight? You right. know? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, man, she's freaking right. They are. They really are slacking off and everything yeah. like that. So she's a good, whis she's like the Matt whisperer. I yeah. love that. <laughs> I love that. You know, the thing that's cool is that tell yeah. is any business partner, whether it's your spouse um, you have to be on the same page and you yeah. should bring different talents to the table, right? If we all do the same thing, then we're in trouble. So, uh, you know, I, I, I do love that. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, and one of the things, Matt, is people kind of get to know you get to know from this interview and, and they go and they check out your stuff. What's the, like, where would you start somebody at your website, at your YouTube channel, and give yeah. everybody that that'll all be in the show notes, but like where, sure. where would, uh, where would you start? Uh, because of some great coaches that I have that I'm going to be introducing you to as well. My marketing coaches, they've taught us like, Hey man, why don't you send all your traffic to one place? Yeah. And so you can learn everything there is to know about us at our website. Um, that will connect you to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can buy a copy of my book, Raising Private Capital there. If you want to do some passive stuff and investing with us passively, you can um, sign up for our mailing list there. Uh, and we do education modules too to teach people how to be at rising active real estate investors as well. So whatever you want to do, Real estate, uh, real estate wise, DeRosa can teach you how to do it or it help you get there. And that is DeRosaGroup.com, D-E-R-O-S-A Group.com, DeRosaGroup.com. Awesome. Awesome. Perfect. Matt, if God came down from heaven and only allowed you to retain the knowledge that you've obtained from one book that you've read, what would that yeah. book be? Well, I, I talked about Rich Dad Poor Dad, my brother. So I got to say Rich Dad Poor Dad, but also if I could like have to, do a, yeah. if I could staple like the cliff notes of that book together with the cliff notes of Think and Grow Rich, because Think and Grow Rich teaches you the mindset. Um, a lot of things, what, what like maybe like a theme you and I talked about a lot today is about having the courage to get started yep. and Think and Grow Rich, like a lot of people are waiting or, you know, they're thinking about thinking about thinking about thinking about getting started. Right. Yeah. And they're in their own way and think and grow rich gives you the possibility of listen, man, if you just have the faith to just take the right, the, the first steps that the universe is going to deliver what the next step is. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. Right. Yeah. So thinking and grow rich gives you that. And rich dad, poor dad really, I think in some ways takes the blinders off um, that in the, the world has put blinders on us, you know, ever since we started building up factory workers in the industrial revolution, that's what we're still training through the school systems and through colleges and everything like that. Rich dad, poor dad takes those blinders off and shows you the real road to entrepreneur, entrepreneurship and financial freedom. So you can be like Jim Oliver over here and play golf three times in a week, you know, well, wait, wait, we just had the weekend coming up, so it won't be three times by the end of the week. It's going to be, be it's going to be like <laughs> he's going to hit a half dozen, I think. You know? right. so, <laughs> so I love that. But you know what? I think Rich Dad, Poor Dad gives you permission to get out of the herd. It gives you permission yes. to say, oh, you mean there are other people that have everything that I want that aren't just working for a corporation and trying to work 80 hours a week and they're killing yeah. themselves. They didn't something. just get lucky, right? Because yeah, I think get that lucky. a lot of the yeah. mindset is that people like Jim that are playing golf multiple times a week while I'm toiling away on my desk, they got lucky. No, they did not get lucky. They're just reading off a different sheet of music than you are. That's it. There's a there's a line in a song that says, "Luck is all the, uh, or time is all the luck you need." 
And, uh, and yeah. I love that, right? Because if you yes. if you take the time to learn, then you'll have time to do whatever you want to do, right? If you take time to take action and to be on the right path, you'll have time to do whatever you want to do. And I I don't I don't believe in luck. So I believe in time. I don't want yeah. to exchange my time time for money. I want to I want to be able to take time to buy assets that'll provide for me forever as long as I live. Now I'm 57. I'm kind of like Sullivan. I'm 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 I say 57 is halfway, right? So he's yeah. in 156, but I'm gonna I'm probably happy with uh 114. He's <laughs> but, nuts, man. Uh, he is nuts. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Well, hey. Uh, one of the things, the last one of the last tenets in uh, Think and Grow Rich is surround yourself with quality people. And so, Matt, obviously, we've uh, loved having you on the show and you're a quality guy in your group. I would encourage everybody to check it out and just talk to Matt or somebody on his team and see if if what they do is right for you and learn from them as much as you can. And And so, Matt, thank you so much for taking the time and being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. Great, great hanging out today. Absolutely. So we're going to wrap it up like we always do with the words from Earl Nightingale and the strangest secret. Take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now, let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.